Well, good morning, church family. Good morning to our church online family, too. Happy Mother's Day. As Pastor Kevin said, I have been at the church now for 10 years. Uh, when I first interviewed uh, with Pastor Kevin, we sat down and talked about the possibility. He did say, well, you know, working in a church office is a ministry. He neglected to say what most interview interviewers do, which is where do you see yourself in 10 years? Because I guarantee you I would not have set up here on a Sunday morning. But here I am, and our God is good. And actually, what I'm going to share with you today, God laid on my heart five years ago. And I finished writing it, and I, I said, well, Lord, I don't know what the purpose of this is. And if it's just for me, that's okay. And I also said, but if you have something more, just let me know. <laughs> I should have been more specific. <laughs> so for those of you who love trivia... Matt, I'm looking at you. Um, I don't know if you know, but Mother's Day was first celebrated in the U.S. in 1912 when President Woodrow Wilson declared the second Saturday in May as a day to be set aside to honor mothers. In fact, in 2002, then-President Bush, George W., had um, said of his own mother and of foster mothers uh, that he appreciated the love and sacrifice that they raised their children with. I know, for me, the biggest compliment I can receive is for someone to say I remind them of my mom. I was blessed. I can't look at you guys. <laughs> I was blessed with a loving, supportive, God-honoring, Jesus-loving, prayer warrior of a mama. And I also know that that's not true for everyone. I know for some of us, our moms were taken too soon. Some maybe were absent even when they were present. Or maybe they had their own private struggles that we knew nothing about. But I hope we can look back with fondness and see that they loved us the best that they could. And I hope we also look back at the women in our lives, the aunties, the neighbors, the teachers, the daycare providers, the friends, moms who loved us like mothers and that will feel blessed. Personally, <clears throat> my prayer is that my own children and their friends will look back one day with fondness on the things that I did for and with them. The homemade pizzas and the Rice Krispie bars and the cookies, the trips and the rides and the team meals and the hosting of the team parties and being the hostage during the Nerf gun wars. <laughs> Till the one day I turned the table on them. Carl and I snuck downstairs and opened fire on those unsuspecting middle-aged boys and let me tell you it was a great day to be a mom. <laughs> so many stories and so many sacrifices, many things we as kids had no idea our moms did. Things that our own kids have no ideas that we do or did. The laundry, the groceries, the meals, the laundry, the groceries, the meals, the never-ending cycle. Um, things that my kids don't even know, those homemade pizzas and the cookies and the Rice Krispie bars, those were all part of my I'm checking on you and your friends without checking on you scheme. <laughs> Younger moms take note of those things. All those car rides were a great way to either eavesdrop <laughs> or the you're stuck in this car with me and I'm in charge of the radio so we're going to talk. The team meals and hosting the team parties. And let me tell you, we live 
about a block and a half from Bothwell Middle School. And through the way the school was working at that time, my kids were there. We were, had a middle schooler for seven years. And we never knew who was coming home with our kids. Someone always came home, and middle schoolers can eat a lot. Um, but you know what? That was all worth the costly investment to get to know the kids and their parents better. All these little things were part of something bigger. So let me ask you, do you think the women in the Bible stop to think about the little things they did? Did they do the same little things? Did they make sacrifices for their families? Did they do the little things that nobody gave a second thought to? That day in and day out went unnoticed? Did they ever feel unnoticed, unappreciated, overlooked? Did they think about those things as being part of something bigger? And when you think of the Bible, and you think of the women in the Bible, who comes to mind? Mary, Jesus' Jesus's mother? What about Queen Esther, the woman who, or who risked her life to save a nation? What about the mom who loved her little boy so much that she hid him as long as she could and then put him in a basket and placed him on the banks of the Nile only to have him raised by Pharaoh's daughter? What about Hannah, who prayed and prayed for a child and then vowed to give her son over to priestly service? A son she saw once a year, but who went on to become the spiritual leader of Israel and anoint King David? What about Rahab, the prostitute, who at great risk hid the spies? to save them and her family. Maybe it's Lois and Eunice, the grandmother and mother of Timothy, who Paul commended for the faithfulness with which they raised, them, raised him and the fervent faith that he still had. The list could go on, but you know, not everyone in the Bible gets mentioned by name. The baby in the basket, Moses, his mother won a name during the telling of that story. She gets a brief shout out, literally just her name, in chapter 6 of Exodus. The woman at the well, that pretty much says it, the woman at the well, no name. Now, I don't think that this is because what they did was insignificant or unimportant. Sometimes I think that maybe it's because too many details will distract us from the true purpose of the story. The Good Samaritan, we don't need a name for that to know what the purpose of that story is. But oftentimes, I think we need to take a closer look, a closer look to see the little things, the little things that can be overlooked because they're not even mentioned, but they still play an important role. John 6 tells us a story we're all pretty familiar with, the feeding of the 5,000. And briefly, Jesus asks the disciples to feed the people, and they freak out, and then they make a whole bunch of arguments as why they deem this task impossible. And then finally, Andrew speaks up. In verse 9, he says, Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. How far will they go among so many? So after they shake down the little boy for his lunch, Jesus takes the loaves, he gives thanks, then everyone eats. And then he instructs the disciples to clean up, and they gather 12 baskets of bread. That's enough for each one of them to have another meal. 
I want us to take an even closer look. Who's not mentioned in the story, but still played an important role? She's not mentioned by name. She's not mentioned at all. But she did something that most people do every day. She packed a lunch. Now, I'm just going to preface this by saying I'm not a theologian. I didn't sleep at Holiday Inn Express, and I know that I'm stepping out on a limb. And I'm making the assumption that it was a woman. And I say, yes, assumption, because in our house, Carl packed our daughter Rachel's lunches all through high school. Now, being the father of a teenage girl can sometimes be a little bit difficult. But he knew that the one thing he could do to show her love was to make her lunch. Now, our son Matthew, on the other hand, he made his own lunch. If he had too much homework or he was running late because of baseball practice, he would ask me to do it, but he would give me explicit instructions. Carl, when he was working, made his own lunches, and I would only make his lunch or worry about him if I came in the kitchen in the morning and there were no breadcrumbs on the counter, and I kid you not, this happened last night. <laughs> but he made his own lunch, and to be honest, I don't even like making my own lunch, so my family was out of luck. So I am saying with... All honesty, I know I'm making an assumption, but, you know, it's Mother's Day. Go with me. Um, it might bother some of us, too, that we, go over, that we go unmentioned, that we're overlooked, that the things we do, nobody even notices. And even though Mom's actions in this story were overlooked, I bet she was okay with that. Because you know why? In the end, it wasn't about the boy or his lunch or who packed it. In the end, it was about what God could do with one simple act. An overlook, taken for granted, act. Packing a lunch. Probably done 100 times, right? How many times do you eat lunch during the year? 365 days, probably most days. How many times do you pack a lunch? But this one time, one time, it was different. It was part of a bigger plan. It was part of a miracle. And it was a simple lunch. This wasn't a foot-long sub. This wasn't a sub platter. This wasn't even a tuna fish sandwich. This was a basket of five small barley loaves and two fish. And I read recently that barley was considered the cheapest of the grains. It was called the commoner's grain. You weren't going to find it at a royal table. Wheat was three times the value of barley. Barley was that cheap seed that you could throw on poor soil, and it would grow. You could throw it on unplowed ground, and it would go. They even used it to feed cattle. And I was thinking, sometimes maybe that's how we feel. You might feel like barley, nothing special, just common. But you know what? The God that made the barley seed made the soil he made the rain, he made the sun that grew that barley seed into grain, that was made into flour, that was made into bread, that was put in a lunch, that was part of a miracle. And you know what? That is the same God that made you and me. The same God made each one of us, and he uses common things, common acts, and common people each and every day to do miraculous things. That overlooked mama packed her son an ordinary commoner's lunch. 
when Jesus took the bread, he didn't thanks, you know, give thanks to the little boy, hey, little dude, thanks for sharing your lunch, shout out to your mama for packing it. No, it says he gave thanks and he thanked God for providing. He thanked God for what he knew God was going to do with that lunch. And Jesus used that small lunch made by an unnamed, unappreciated, overlooked person in a miracle. 1 John 3.18 says, Dear children, let us not live with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. It doesn't say with actions and truth and our names spread all over it. It simply says with actions and truth. This woman did a small, ordinary thing that had an impact on others. I think of the things my own mother did that had an impact on our family. Growing up, one of my fondest memories is coming home to the smell of fresh baked bread. And I'm talking not just one loaf. I'm talking six or eight. Or homemade potato rolls, which are kind of famous in our family. And it wasn't a dozen. We're talking six, eight dozen. Because we would come home from school with, like starving street urchins and eat a loaf or eat you know, a whole dozen of rolls at one time. And she didn't do those things because, you know, there was a Food Network show she was preparing for or because she loved baking. It was simply because it was an economical way to provide for her family. We also had a garden when I was growing up, and my mother spent hours watering and weeding. And my job was to, when I was little, was to pick the potato bugs off the the potato plants, and I can still hear that ting, ting, ting of them hitting the bottom of the tin can, and then I would conveniently say, I'm going to go feed these to the chickens to get out of weeding because I hated weeding. <laughs> but after all of that, then what do we have? We have the harvesting and the cleaning and the canning and the seal a meal. And why did she go through all of that work? To help to provide healthy food for her family in an economical way. But you know what the kicker is? I found out several years ago that she didn't even like vegetables. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? I had to eat beets, and I had to eat broccoli and cauliflower, and you didn't even like it. So I guess she also sacrificed for her family. <laughs> and you know when I figured this out? When I became a mom. When I started making the potato rolls, and I would make tuna noodle casserole. <laughs> it's not because I like hot tuna. It's because it was an economical way to help provide for our family. And is this not what our anonymous mom did? She packed that lunch so that she could take care of her son's needs. She did that simple act to make sure he was fed. Hebrews 6.10 says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you helped his people and continue to help them. See, when we do these things, these little things for our family and our friends and our neighbors or even strangers, we are truly showing the love of our Father on these people. We are showing the love that we have because of him. We are allowing ourselves to be part of something bigger, something that God has planned, something that we may not know at the time, something that we may never learn about, but it's something bigger than ourselves. Matthew 25, 40 says, The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did for me. 
we should never, ever underestimate the importance of the ordinary, simple things that we do just because they go unnoticed. Pastor Kevin, in one of his messages, recently reminded us of his cardiac arrest during Zumba. Do you think anyone noticed Phil changing the batteries? Phil, who had the thought all day, I should change those batteries? Do you think Phil thought, great, fresh batteries, can't wait to see if this thing works? No. I'm going to guess that was a no. And I'm sure he was thinking, these are changed, this is ready, I did my part, or whatever. I, you know, check it off the list. It's not a big deal. But God had other plans. And Phil did his part. He could have put it off, but he didn't. We're thankful Phil listened to that thought that he had in his head that day, and he changed those batteries. We're thankful Pastor Kevin didn't ignore the thoughts he had all day of, I got to go to Zumba. I got to go to Zumba. But you know what? We praise God for all that he did that day, for all the people he put in place, all the people doing ordinary, unseen, unnoticed, everyday things that were part of a bigger plan, part of a miracle, really. And you know what? For that, God is praised. But back to our mom. Do you think that when she packed that lunch that day, that she knew she would be feeding 5,000 men plus women and children? No, I don't think so. Matter of fact, I can imagine her saying, Honey, it's not much, but it's going to be a long day. So I put a little extra in there you can share with your friends. Have a good day. You know, just like a mom thing to do. She had no clue. She had no clue that she would play a role in a miracle that day. A miracle that would be not only remembered, but told for thousands of years. And do you think God randomly chose this boy and his mother? Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Works which God prepared in advance for us. Do you still think that mother and son were randomly chosen? I don't. And I don't think he randomly chooses us either. I think his word is true. I know his word is true. And it says things that he has prepared in advance for us. Because God knows he's got a plan. You and I are part of that plan. See, it's not about packing the lunch. It's about understanding that even when we are unaware, God is using us. He's using you, the overlooked stay-at-home mom, the overworked parent, the overlooked, overworked, underappreciated cashier or waitress or aide or teacher or nurse or daycare provider or volunteer. You can fill in the blank. He is using you and me to show the love of Christ to those around us. He's using us as part of something bigger than ourselves, as something part of his plan for his people right here, right now. Don't ever underestimate God's ability to use you, to use the actions for his purpose. Acts that can go unnoticed, and you know what? That's okay, because then he will get the glory. He will be the one that we will glorify and praise. 
And, you know, in this era of selfies and social media and viral videos and, you know, TikTok and social media influencers, I think there is this feeling of, I would like some accolades. I want some notice for the deeds I'm doing. But as Christ followers, our desire should be for him who loved us so much that he sent his only son for us, for him and him alone to get the glory. So, even though it's Mother's Day, this isn't just about moms. The overlooked label can apply to all of us. We all do little things that go unnoticed. The word overlooked can apply to any one of us at any time, and at one time or another, but I want you to be encouraged. Because God knows, he sees, and he has a plan. And he has prepared all this in advance just for you. So I want you to keep doing what you're doing. I want you to keep making the lunches. I want you to keep changing the batteries, caring for others, baking, teaching the little ones, volunteering, anything. Just keep doing it. Whatever it is you're doing, keep doing. And I want to close with this challenge from Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Because you know what? You never know. You never know the impact of what Christ will do with the common, everyday, small actions. It might not be a miracle, but I guarantee it will make a difference in the kingdom. Amen. Would you stand together with us? I'm going to have the worship team come. We're going to close with a song here in just a moment, but I'm going to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me and Maybe you're here today and you have struggled with that sense of feeling overlooked. I believe that God is speaking to you specifically today, whether husband, wife, mother, father, young person. And this morning, I don't want to leave before we address that sense that you have because I believe God came to minister to you today. So in this moment, if that's you, I just want to pray for you before we close. Without anybody looking around, if that's you, just slip your hand up so that I can see it, so that I can know as I'm praying, yes, 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 yes. Anyone else? Yes. Father, you see these hands. And Lord, as they have walked in today, there's a sense, a gnawing at their heart of feeling like they're overlooked. The things that they do are not valued. And I'm so glad, Lord, that you are the one that places value upon us. You're the one that determines our worth, not those that are around us. And so, Father, today I pray that you would pour out a sense of value upon their minds and hearts and that they would not look for value from others, but they would look to you for the value that you place on their lives.
God, I thank you for the message that we've heard today. I thank you, God, that you are the same God and that you are still doing miracles today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.